Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Folks, we all know 12 years of education is not enough to win the economic competition of 21st century. You want to have the best educated workforce, let's finish the job by providing access to preschool for three and four years old. Let's finish the job and connect students to career opportunities starting in high school, provide access to two years of community college, the best career training in America in addition to being a pathway to a four-year degree. Uh, that is the president last night, a State of the Union address, a period where he was talking about education. Republicans probably would have led with it if they were writing a speech like that because uh, that's how Glenn Youngkin got there. That's one thing about the pandemic. It exposed a lot of this left-wing bias with these school boards. And then we find out what kids are actually learning in school. And how does that apply to colleges where sometimes these private schools cost seventy, eighty thousand dollars $80,000 a year? Is it worth it? especially when you get your kid back and they really hate the country. Dr. Todd Rose with us right now, the co-founder and president of Populous. So uh, great to see you. You too. Your thoughts on the speech, the education portion, what he just said. Well, look, I I think it's his part about um, saying, look, we've got to make high school prepare kids for careers is definitely in line with what we're seeing in in the research. Um, But the idea that, that it really means funneling more and more kids to college and trying to subsidize that is just out of step with where the public is. So you're talking about vocational. I mean, if you want to learn a trade, that's just your ticket. It is. And, and the thing is, is what we're seeing is, you know, we just we just published a four year study of the trade off priorities the American public have for K-12 education. Biggest study that I know of ever. And let me just point a couple of things out. One is the enormous appetite for change that the public has. 71 percent of Americans say more things need to change than stay the same about their local schools. Never seen that kind of appetite for change. Second, and I think this is the really big one, the role of college prep, which is basically the point of K-12 right now. Going into the pandemic, it was ranked as the 10th highest priority for the American public out of 57 things. Now it has plummeted to 47th. And in its place, they want careers. They want career prep and practical skills. Very interesting because you said now the states are combining that with taking out the college requirement for a lot of these jobs. How does that fit into the puzzle? Well, I think this is really important, right? Because right now colleges have a monopoly on opportunity and there's a stranglehold. And so there's the truth is, is look, some jobs do require a college diploma, but the vast majority of them, it's just decorative. And so you're seeing state after state like Pennsylvania, Josh Shapiro just um, gutted 93% of the jobs didn't actually require a diploma. And so he's taken that requirement away. You're seeing company after company all around the country realizing this is a barrier to opportunity, not an enabler. So if it's a if they do that, then people turn around and go, yeah, I'm not going to pay that state school fee. I'm not going to pay the tuition for a private school because it's not really hindering me. That'll cause these colleges maybe to drop their price or change their curriculum. Look, I went to college. I think it's good for some people, but they've got to prove their value, right? They don't get to just force us to send our kids there and do whatever they want because they can't get a career any other way. This will force competition and the best colleges will survive and the ones that can't offer value will go away. Right. So when you see eight separate states now 
are going to provide the money that would go to private school to the individual and say you can use it for private public school. You can use it for private school if you want, whether it's charter or just a Catholic school, parochial school. What do you think about that trend and what it's going to produce? Well, for me, I'm a big believer in free markets and in competition. And right now, public education is simply not responsive to the priorities of the public. And there's no better way to force them to respond than to increase competition. Put them in a game. Yes. And so the thing is, is look, it's the taxpayers' money to begin with. So let the taxpayers make the choice on behalf of their own children. I trust those families to make those choices, and it's time that our our leaders trust them as well. Right, and if you put them there and every day is an open house and the public school does what the private schools does, they try to, unless it's one of these elite schools that have trouble even, uh, have to turn a lot of people away like what's happening in New York, there's about 11 charter schools all queued up, ready to go with teachers. They can't get partially the funding That's right. because teachers' unions That's right. don't want these charter schools out there. Yeah, of course they don't, right? Like, I mean, again, if, if you're a monopoly, you don't want competition. So it's on us as the public to demand that because it is a better reflection of the will of the people right now than the way the system is operating. Is it because of the quality of the education, the curriculum in between? What is it? Well, when you look at what the public says, is it's no longer practical. They just they're, the, the American public is deeply pragmatic. They just want their kid to learn to think for themselves, to have some practical skills, get out of the basement, <laughs> be a productive member of society, have a meaningful career. And they have lost faith that that is the purpose of our education system now. And what is the what has the pandemic done for your cause? Look, the, the pandemic completely reordered the public's priorities. Uh, before the pandemic, they were li- largely going along with what their sort of benevolent overlords told them they should want. They got forced to watch their kids learn online and and weren't very happy with what they saw. And now parents are demanding more of a say, and that's not going to go away. And you're seeing smart politicians realizing that and leaning into it, enabling parents rather than teachers unions to decide what kids learn. You saw what happened with Glenn Youngkin. He really won on that issue. And then Governor DeSantis has taken on African-American studies for AP exams saying that I'm all for it, but not if you're going to bring up things that have nothing to do with this that seem to be pushing a CRT agenda. Right. And I think what's really important there is he's not saying let's not talk about African-American studies and let's not talk about things like slavery, but we don't need to inject a particular view like CRT and overlay that over a discussion of something as important as that topic. So you said the top five privately held priorities is tell me if you agree with this. Uh, five, all students receive the unique support that they need throughout their learning. Students can demonstrate basic reading, writing, and arithmetic. Students demonstrate character, honesty, and kindness. They are able to think critically to problem solve and make decision. And students develop practical skills uh, prepare a meal, make an appointment, you work a checkbook, have a bank account. These are things that people want from school. Yes. And what, what is really important is that's not just parents that want that. That's the general public wants that for other people's kids as well. So we've got an enormous mismatch between the American public's priorities mm-hmm. and what this system is doing. And something has to give. So when you see these teachers don't have a choice, they got to join a union in most cities, whether they want to or not. They watch where they take a lot of their money and they're voting for only a Democratic candidate and they're frustrated. They'll say to me, well, what do you want me to do if I don't become a, a, a member of the union? I'm not going to get a job, especially with this highly competitive places like Long Island. Yeah. And look, I actually think the biggest winner of competition is teachers because, look, they don't go in there to be just a union member or classroom management. Yeah, they I have enormous respect for teachers. Absolutely. I'm not somebody who's critical and saying, wow, they get paid too much. I don't think they get paid enough. No, and their union's failing them. Right. 
they're not responsive to it. And for example, with the pandemic, money comes into these districts. How much money do you think went to the teachers, the ones who cared? You know how hard it was for them right. to set up the Zoom calls and curriculum to get them to pay attention, to put their camera on, to understand how you did that for a second grader? So what they did is they put money out of their pockets, ran to Staples, buy all this apparatus to try to get them. Do you think they even got a thank you from no. their management? They should have got hazard pay. Right? Absolutely. They, they, you they give really them are, an increase. They really are heroes, the individual teachers that, that move mountains on behalf of our kids. And, and the structure of that system and its political capture has, is not serving anybody, right? Not teachers, not students, mm-hmm. not families, not the country. So Dr. Todd Rose is here. Todd, tell me your background, which led you to this. My background, so I was a, previously a professor at Harvard, um, left uh, before that. But I will say I, I care a lot about education, even though it's only one of the things we do at Populous. Uh, because my own background is I grew up in rural America and I actually fell out of high school. <laughs> so you did? I did 0.9 GPA. So I feel like I might be the only one that's gone from that to, to Harvard. To Harvard. <laughs> but, and what turned it around? Well, I uh, got married when I was 19, had a child, ended up on welfare and realized that I had to change my life for, on behalf of my children. Um, and went to, got my GED and went to college at night at a local school in Ogden, Utah. Um, and, Figured out about myself, figured out what do I want to do for a career, and it really opened a lot of doors for me. What did it do for you in your, your quest to find out the perfect uh, system for education? Well, I learned that you know we're deeply individual, and there's so much potential out there, but it's about helping kids get a great fit between their individuality and their learning environment. And when you do that, you unlock not only passion – but enormous contribution that people can make to society. Right. And that's how to reach a kid uh, mm-hmm. that sometimes the curriculum won't. Instead of just saying, well, that kid doesn't pay attention. Exactly. Well, what's going on there? Exactly. And so I'm excited about the future of education right now because if we get this right, if we just lean into what the American public wants, you're going to see an unlocking of unbelievable American capabilities that will set us up for the next century in a way that we are not right now. But are you concerned that parents – so parents should weigh in on the goal. Yes. But I think education is an expertise. Yes. So, for example, I can't teach a class. I know how to spell, but I can't teach how to spell. I can't – I don't know how to keep fourth graders under control and get them to pay attention outside maybe the front row. <laughs> so that's a skill and that's something that has to be learned. So how do you balance between what the parents want and what the educators know? Yeah. Well, this, it's a really important distinction, right? Parents, by and large, don't really want to weigh in on the how – Right? They assume that the teacher understands, and they should. The teacher is the expert on the how. But in terms of the what, that's up to the parents. That's up to the American public to decide what the goals of education should be. That's not up to the teachers' union. That's not up to politicians. Right. Uh, but when you look at where it might have gotten off track, there's a sense that conspiracy theorists, whatever you want to call them, that someone intentionally got schools off track and got them thinking a certain way. And when you see cartoons roll out from Disney, which are blatantly anti-American and pro-1619, they came out this week that you see on Hulu. Yeah. People saying that's more proof. There's somebody pulling the strings behind the scenes that don't want this country to be successful. Right. But here, here's my thing, which is I believe in bottom-up solutions, not top-down. So when we enable parents and communities to make the decisions about what it is kids should learn – we're not going to see a lot of that, right? Because we know we know where the American public is. Again, deeply practical. They just want kids to be prepared to be productive citizens and make a contribution um, through meaningful careers. You know, it's interesting. I watched Joe Manchin yesterday say that I want people to have financial literacy in, in K through 12. Everybody should understand like what 
I never learned about the stock market in school. If I was able with an elective to take a business course, maybe I would have went there. And I've asked kids they're going through now, and they go, no, I don't really know any of that. Which then, I mean, well, what was not interesting, to be able to watch the, the, the ticker every day and understand what's going on. Yeah. So then it begs the question, like, what are they learning? Right? right. Like, this is the thing. And I think this is what makes parents and the public so frustrated is we spend an unbelievable amount of money on education in this country. And we have kids coming out that can't even balance a checkbook, don't understand how the stock market works, let alone we don't teach civics anymore. <laughs> we don't, and we're not preparing them for careers. The only thing K-12 does is prepare them to go to college where they have to learn for four more years on their own dime. All right. And what's next for you to examine if this is going to take place? We've got eight states making their own choice when it comes to uh, schools. Many more want to do it. I don't know many Democrat, Democratic states signing up for it. What do you think? Look, I actually think that that – any politician with their salt is, is reading the tea leaves and realizing this is the end of compliance culture in general. Parents want to say, and they're very upset with what's going on in education. So you're seeing a lot of that responsiveness. I never imagined would have eight states wanting to give money directly to kids, funding kids, but here we are, and that's not going to slow down. What's interesting is Arizona might be undoing what they did with Katie Hobbs. Yeah, and and you know the, the problem is, is you'll see a backlash to that because – Parents want more of a say. They they know a lot about what they want for their kid, and they're just not going back to just turning their kid over to the system and trusting that they know what's best. If people want to see more about your study, where can they go? Uh, Populous.org. Uh, the full report's up there. All right, great. And that's, by the way, it's uh, spelt uh, <laughs> just to make sure everybody knows, P-O-P-U-L-A-S-C-E. Right. It just All means right. the people. That got it. <laughs> I understood. Uh, Dr. Todd Rose, thanks so much. Thanks for Appreciate having me. Appreciate it. Listen to the all-new Brett Baer podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Baer favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.